Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about malaria. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash malaria or in the infectious diseases section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Malaria is an infectious disease caused by members of the plasmodium family of protozoan parasites. Protozoa are single-celled organisms. The most severe and dangerous type of malaria is Plasmodium falciparum, which accounts for about 80% of malaria cases in the UK. Malaria is spread through bites from female Anopheles mosquitoes that carry the disease. It's not transmitted in the UK and it's associated with travel to areas where malaria is present. Let's go through the five types. These types are Plasmodium falciparum, which is the most common and severe form, Plasmodium vivax, Plasmodium ovale, Plasmodium malariae and Plasmodium nolesi. Let's go through the life cycle. Malaria is spread by female Anopheles mosquitoes, usually at night time. A feeding mosquito sucks up infected blood. Then the parasites reproduce in the mosquito's gut, producing thousands of sporozoites, which are malaria spores. When this mosquito bites someone, the sporozoites are injected. These sporozoites travel to the liver of the newly infected person. Plasmodium vivax and Plasmodium ovale can lie dormant as hypnozoites for months or years before reactivating. The malaria parasites mature in the liver into merozoites, which enter the blood and infect red blood cells. Inside red blood cells, the merozoites reproduce, after which the red blood cells rupture, releasing loads more merozoites into the blood and causing hemolytic anemia. For Plasmodium vivax and Plasmodium ovale, this rupture and release of merozoites occurs every 48 hours, causing a fever spike every other day. A fever every 48 hours is referred to as tertian malaria. Plasmodium falciparum has more frequent, called subtertian, or irregular fever spikes. Plasmodium malariae has fever spikes every 72 hours, referred to as caution. Next let's talk about the presentation. Malaria should be suspected in someone that's travelled to an area where malaria is present. The incubation period is usually one to four weeks after exposure, although it can lie dormant for years. This means even several years after having travelled to an area of malaria, it needs to be considered as a differential. Many of the symptoms are non-specific, including a fever up to 41 degrees Celsius with sweats and rigors, fatigue, myalgia or muscle aches and pains, headache, nausea and vomiting. Signs on examination include pallor due to the anemia, 
hepatosplenomegaly, and jaundice, where bilirubin is released during the rupture of the red blood cells. A Tom tip for you, the most characteristic symptom of malaria is fever, which spikes very high every 48 hours. In someone with unexplained fever, consider whether they have travelled somewhere where malaria is present. Even exposure several years ago may be relevant, as Plasmodium vivax and Plasmodium ovale can lie dormant for up to four years. Next, let's talk about making a diagnosis. The diagnosis is made using a malaria blood film. This is sent in an EDTA bottle, which is the same bottle used for a full blood count. A malaria blood film will show the parasites, the concentration as a percentage, and the type. Three negative samples taken over three consecutive days are required to exclude malaria due to the parasites being released from the red blood cells into the blood every 48 to 72 hours. The sample may be negative when the parasites are not released, but positive a day or two later when the red blood cells rupture and release the parasites. Next, let's talk about management. The local infectious diseases team will advise on management. All patients with falciparum malaria are admitted to hospital. Oral options for uncomplicated malaria include Artemitha and Lumifantrine, combined in a tablet called Riamet, is the usual first choice. Quinine plus doxycycline. Quinine plus clindamycin. Frogranil plus Atovaquone, which is combined in a tablet called Malarone. Chloroquine, however there's increasing rates of resistance to chloroquine. And Primaquine, However, this can cause severe hemolysis in patients with G6PD deficiency. Severe or complicated malaria often requires admission to the high dependency unit or intensive care unit. Intravenous treatment options include artesanate, which is the usual first choice. And remember, hemolysis is a common side effect of artesanate. And the other option is quinine dihydrochloride. A Tom tip for you, remember artesanate and quinine as treatment options for your exams, as these are the most likely to be relevant. Remember that plasmodium falciparum is the most common and most severe cause, and these patients should be admitted to hospital for artesanate treatment and monitoring for complications. So let's go through the complications. There's a long list of complications of Plasmodium falciparum malaria, including cerebral malaria affecting the brain, seizures, reduced consciousness, acute kidney injury, pulmonary edema, disseminated intravascular coagulopathy or DIC, severe hemolytic anemia, and multi-organ failure and death. Finally, let's talk about prophylaxis. General advice for preventing malaria when travelling to endemic areas includes no method is 100% effective alone, so multiple methods should be used. Use mosquito spray, for example 50% DEET spray. Use mosquito nets and barriers in sleeping areas. Seek medical advice if symptoms develop 
and take anti-malarial medications as recommended. Anti-malarial medications are not 100% effective. The main options are proguanil with atovaquone, and this is combined in malarone tablets, doxycycline, mefloquine, however there's a risk of psychiatric side effects with mefloquine, and chloroquine with proguanil, and this is less often used now due to high resistance rates. Proguanil with atovaquone, or malarone, is slightly more expensive than the other options but has the least side effects. It's taken two days before until seven days after travel to an endemic area. Doxycycline is a broad-spectrum antibiotic that can cause side effects such as diarrhea and thrush. It also causes skin sensitivity to sunlight, increasing the risk of sunburn and skin reactions and it's taken two days before until four weeks after travel to an endemic area. Mefloquine is associated with psychiatric side effects, such as anxiety, depression, and abnormal dreams. Rarely it can cause psychosis or seizures. Mefloquine is taken weekly from two weeks before until four weeks after travel to an endemic area. So thanks for listening to this episode on malaria. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll move on to hematology and start with an episode on components of blood.